What's better than an all-day breakfast? Maybe we can have a long lunch. I would love a nice long lunch. I'll take a long lunch. This is Matt and Alex's Long Lunch. Yes, Matt O'Kine, here we are for a long lunch, and I couldn't think of some better gents to join us for it. Their third album, The Glow, has just come out. It is Tommy and Johnny from DMAs. G'day, boys. Hey, good to see you guys again. Oh, so good to see you as well. We've got you on the Zoom screen here. We can have a proper catch-up. It's been a little while. Um, How are we feeling? Third album, done and dusted. Yeah, man, it's good. We've had a three-month delay um, on it, obviously, because of all the um, COVID stuff and whatnot, but... I'm glad we decided to do that, you know, because we put a lot of love into this record, and 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 it's and it's been diff- different experience for us completely, you know. Um, we worked with this producer Stuart Price, uh, Scott Horsgoff as well, did the first two tracks, and then we worked with Stuart Price, who's done like Madonna and oh, uh, New Order and Pet Shop Boys. And, um, when you're looking at like for that, producers, yeah. is it like a, like you look at people's resumes and that's on the list and you look through them like you were sort of getting any other job? Or <laughs> Yeah, he's got a pretty gnarly resume. You know, it's like, <laughs> But also, you know, like the most lovely guy. Mm. And for me, I know as an aspiring uh, producer and stuff, just seeing his demeanour in the studio and if you had a suggestion or something, he would go with it the whole way and stuff like that. And if it didn't work, it didn't work, but it was fine. But it's just a really creative, great space to be in, especially like, we start going to these hectic studios in like Hollywood and stuff, which we've never done before. Making after um, making like the first um, album in our bedroom, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, well, it certainly has elements of a. It has a bit more of a polished sound. Uh, some of these tracks you mentioned, the producer just then having worked with people like Madonna and New Order, um, and those bands tend to lean a little bit more electronic. Did you find that this album has a little bit more of an electro, you know, zap to it? Yeah, totally. And, like, well, we're all kind of mucking around with that stuff anyway. You know, after being – it's it's funny. It's like I've spoken to a few people about this in, like, when you first start making music, right, you've got the guitar, right? So naturally, that's all you got. You know, you can get a shitty little acoustic guitar for, like, 200 bucks. But you can write great songs on a shitty acoustic guitar for 200 bucks, you know. But then when you start delving into, like, electronic music and you start paying for synthesizers, computers, and you're doing sequencing and drum machines, it starts getting, like, a bit more expensive. So it's, like, kind of a natural, you know, if your band starts going well and you're like, well, I want to experiment with more sounds, it's, it is, like, a natural um, trajectory, I guess. Mm. Yeah, and okay. so we kind of started doing a bit of that. But we also wanted the transition to not just be seamless but sound great, mm. you know, and that's one of the big reasons we got Stuart on board. And what about yourself, Tommy, as the singer in the band? Uh, do you go from, your, like, your normal, you know, Lipton black tea and get onto your rooibuses and your big lemon and gingers, <laughs> you know, as you uh, become uh, more accustomed to that world? Um, no, not really. Look, all the albums, like, all the music that we make, we do focus on on melody and lyrics and regardless of what kind of production we decide to go down, it's still kind of grounded in that. So for a singer, um, it was really exciting to kind of put vocals over these kind of different sort of sounding tunes. But at the end of the day, it was still kind of, it still felt like I was, I was you know, making a DMA's record just like I was in my bedroom five years ago because most of the songs have acoustic on them. Um, you know, they're all, you know, grounded in the same kind of principles. So 
it was it was um, re- really enjoyable to, for me to to sing on the record, but at the same time, it wasn't too dissimilar to the previous albums. Yeah, yeah. well, I, I don't think I've heard a more seamless sort of a, you know incorporation of these sounds into a into a band's sound. Like I've literally I have had this song on repeat for the last little while. <laughs> Yeah, life is a game of changing. When this drum kicks in, the synth, and it's, it's massive. I cannot get out of my head. I, I love it so much. Uh, can you tell us a bit about that song? Because it's also, I guess, <laughs> now that things have changed, so so apt as well. Can you tell us about the making of that song? Well, it's funny. There's like three sections to it, and I'm going to try. I'll try and do it brief. No, you don't have to do a brief. We're at a long we got, lunch we got here. Ages. Let's, Take uh, your time. We can stretch this out. We've got plenty of time for, it, for our boys. Okay. Well, okay, well, basically, um, Mason and I, after we moved down of um, our Newtown apartment, kind of where, like, the band began and stuff, uh, we lived above this pub, um, the, I think it was the Botany Bay Hotel, um, and we didn't have much cash, so we wouldn't go out much, so we basically spent a lot of time above this pub, right? And um, I was living with Mason, and we actually got a lot of music done, you know, because of that. And um, basically, I didn't really even... This is like maybe four or five years ago, and I'd never done anything with side chaining or knew how to make side chaining. So it's like, mm. oh, Mason, you know, he, he knew he mucked around with Ableton and stuff a bit more. So I was like, oh, can you show me how to like side chain? Um, and basically, you know, so we're like, oh, okay, we need a chord progression. So he um, he just picks the first chord progression kind of that comes to his in his head, and um, and then we cut, and then shows me how it works with the kick drum and sending it out through the compressor and stuff and. Uh, basically, like, we ended up with this demo and it was called I Don't Want to Get Lost. And for years, it was just like this one random kind of electronic song that we had. And we sort of to, um, Ableton tutorial almost where you're just trying it out for the sake of learning the buttons. <laughs> That's exactly what it was, exactly what it was. And, um, and then so we kind of made this random, like, one-off kind of dance tune and then we used to walk out on it. So we used to play this demo and, like, the lights go off at the start of our shows wow. in the UK. <laughs> we'd walk out to this random dance dancey DMAs demo. And then basically a few years later I moved to Edinburgh and I was kind of properly getting into that world and and um yeah, kind of penned most of the song there, like what you hear of the verse and the chorus. And then like lot most of our songs, we kind of leave like maybe ten percent of a song to be um uh, left over kind of in the studio, like to so so we can still have that creative output in the studio and it's not like all right, every single part is done and we just go into it and record it hi-fi, you know. like <laughs> We kind of like to leave a bit of that free. And this is one thing Stuart was amazing with. So he was like, oh, we need another part. And so basically, as you do, you all whip out your phones and, you know, you got these memos. And Mason had a, had a vocal um, memo and, he, and Stuart goes, why don't you try that on guitar? And then next... He was like, you know, let's try that with an arpeggiated synth. And that became the... As you heard. So cool. That's so great. I mean, yeah, it shows how how truly a collaborative approach you guys take it as a band. And you brought up um, being over in the UK. And I just wanted to bring uh, mention something, Tommy, that uh, I want to ask you about this. A lot of uh, bands, yep. you know, musicians we've talked to, they've had different responses to this covid situation you know because uh yeah some people have been bummed out that things got cancelled some people have been really thankful that they've had a break i mean you guys were in march you were playing your biggest headline shows ever at brixton academy i mean this is something that 
is like top class here kind of stuff. Yeah. And then it all sort of kind of got put on hold. What did that do to you guys? Did it was it you know was it a blessing in disguise? Was it devastating? How did you feel? Um, it wasn't a blessing in disguise. Like you know, it, there's no doubt that it kind of took the wind out of our sails. Like we've we've had a lot of gigs postponed, and um, you know, to release an album and um, to not have like a huge extensive tour to back it up is is very different for us. Um, although we have adapted really well, and we've like. You know, I think we've remained um, connected to our fans. We've done some, like, really cool things that otherwise we wouldn't have done. Um, so in that respect, it's been good. But, yeah, look, it's just been a strange time for everyone and I think just trying to adapt to it the best we can is just something that you just got to do. And, like, you know, um, we've been lucky enough because, you know, we have a career in music at the moment and we're kind of fortunate enough to kind of have some support and a bit of a foundation. But I think it's acts that are like just starting to come up the ranks or, you know, working on an EP or a first album. They're, hard, they're the ones that I think are getting kind of hit harder. So I do feel for those acts, you know, the, the ones that are just trying to break through mm. um, that don't really have a fan base yet, I guess. So, yeah, we're, we're just trying to deal with it. Um, but we are excited to play these acoustic shows in a few weeks. That's That's going to be cool to kind of like... Yeah, play the songs that we've recorded live. Um, well, it's like a privilege or something. Yeah, yeah, well, it sounds awesome because you've managed to um, get at the uh, the Factory Theatre in Sydney, a venue that usually holds 550 people. You're going to be putting on some shows uh, for 150 people. They'll be separated, it'll be COVID safe, and you'll be doing two a night, as you mentioned, acoustically in Sydney, which was pretty, yeah. pretty cool. Um, uh, what, what little special treats are you giving for the, the people who will be able to come along and, and watch DMAs? Well, we'll be playing about six songs, six, seven songs off the new record, like stripped back. Like, so, you know, all these dancey tunes we're talking about, you know, you can you can hear them in their original form and their truest Ooh. form if you like. So, yeah. Oh, amazing. So, it's sort of weird. It seems like you've done it backwards because I know a lot of bands evolve to the sort of bigger sounds as their crowds get bigger, the, you know, the rooms they're playing get bigger and they need that energy from, mm. the, uh, from the band. And so you've... You've kind of designed the songs to, to to play for the big things, and now you're having to strip it back. But you know, will it, will a certain favorite like a version be uh, creeping onto the set? Do you We've only played that song, I think, twice. Once at Splendor, once like in tribute um, in at um, Groove in the Move for, for someone. Um, so, yeah, really, it's I very, thought. It's very, it's very sacred that song. Oh, and once at Heaton Park, three times in our in our yeah. in the band's life we played it. So we we like to keep it, you know, sacred. So maybe we will whip it out in one of the one of the sixteen gigs we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I don't know how it would be for you guys, but it's incredible the amount of times that I'm asked about that particular like a version. Because I I have a little, my shoulder has a little cameo at the start of the like a version. And so people talk to me about, oh, what was it like in the room with DMAs and that sort of thing. It's it's this weird thing that just happened to connect with so many people. I guess you could multiply that conversation by 20 when it comes to uh, people talking to you about it, given you, you were the ones who performed the song. What's it been like? One thing I found with that song, it was so weird. Happens in like three minutes or something. Like I was playing the wrong chords two hours before. Like, <laughs> I was like... Because we barely played it. Mason was like, mate, that's not even it. I was like, <laughs> and um, so when we're doing it, you know, I'm like, there, like, <laughs> and then, but then it's just done. Then you're at the whim of the internet, really. Mm. And then, and it's, and happened, and it's I happened. still have to read the lyrics. 
for that. Yeah. Song. That's how, I mean, <laughs> but it, but it, it's so we funny. It like four times, and that, that's it. And I think that's what's cool about it. Like we haven't mm. we haven't overcooked it. Um, mm. So when we do play it live, it is kind of special. That's what we we've only played it on special occasions. So yeah, it's it's a funny one. Um, but yeah, people in UK loved it particularly, and that was surprising for me. I kind of didn't expect that from our fans. So yeah, the year that we finished up at Triple J, I went overseas for a year, had the gap year that I'd never had, and I just distinctly remember walking along, uh, like a little uh, harbor in Croatia, and this dude had got it up <laughs> on his on his little boombox thing and was walking along the Croatian cobblestone streets with it above his head, <laughs> just pumping DMAs. Shirt Believe, cover. It's really? like it's absolutely miraculous, <laughs> and you guys did an incredible job for that, uh, which is very, very cool. But the these shows in Sydney, uh, Johnny, you've moved to Melbourne, and so you're in Sydney right now. How did you get out? And uh, are you okay? And uh, <laughs> what was the process of uh, relocating back to Sydney to uh, to perform these shows? Oh well, we didn't. To be honest, um, like everything was fine in Melbourne. Like we were, we were getting getting back to good, you know, uh, when I left and I came up here. Uh, cause, uh, my partner Haley was, was doing stuff for her new record. And, um, and then I was working on another person's record up at the Grove. And, um, so we were out and then obviously the lead up to here was important that I was back up in Sydney, but wow. Yeah. What a like, <laughs> just in South, speaking to, um, my mate Sam from Jungle Giants and I was like, and he's like, yes, yeah, full blown lockdown, you know, at the moment. And it's just insane, you know? Mm, yeah. So um, I was listening to Criminals a bit earlier as well, and and liking the uh, the the sort of vibe. I noticed a little bit of uh, there's a. I'm gonna say there's there's a hint of country vibes in that song. <laughs> He's called just it. A li- I mean, <laughs> am I entirely wrong? Would you say that? Don't just you know a-, a dirty word, man. <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm not saying it's dirty. I'm just saying it's a little bit of country. <laughs> You know, I'm getting that like maybe the word partner, like maybe pronounce it like partner, something like <laughs> yeah. that. I'm not sure. Um, but uh, can you tell us about about uh, that track as well? It was the last song we wrote before we went into the studio, and and the last song we recorded um, on the last day. Um, and Mason and I, it was Mason had the chorus and some rough verses, and we kind of workshopped it a bit. And, and Stuart really loved it, and um, yeah, I had lots of fun recording that one. That was kind of the song for me that, you know, it was on the album and we're just going to, you know, make an all-out pop song and have fun with it and just experiment. And I'm, I really, I'm, I'm really like chuffed how it turned out. It's, it's a little bit different for us, but I also think that's cool as well. Um, and, yeah, uh, it was definitely the trickiest song to mix as well. Mm. Um, so sometimes the more poppy things can be more more tricky for us because you know our roots have been in kind of like garage rock and roll. So um, yeah, it's definitely a fun tune um, and yeah, interesting as well for us as a band. I think. What is it about those final days of recording? You're like, let's just try <laughs> one more thing. The amount of times I've been able to interview people and they've come in with their lead single. It's a massive hit. It's a great song. And they're like, it was the final day. We just yeah. threw something together. What is it about the energy on these last little moments that uh, you can get songs that not only just make it on the album, but sort of like can be one of the uh, the lead tracks from it? I think you're confident by that stage. You know, you got the cobwebs out. You've kind of more often than not happy with how things are going and everyone's like 
kind of knows each other in the studio with the producer and like it's a mix of confidence and craziness yeah <laughs> so you're kind of getting a bit loopy as well you're like i'm in this same room it does weeks. happen a lot you're right it does. it's always like you know the last song is kind of the songs that are written the quickest often like in mm. the studio and stuff turn out kind of you know the most interesting i guess but um yeah all in all it was a a really fun record to make. Like it was the first album we recorded overseas as well, which is um, especially now looking back on it, it's like, you know, in retrospect, it's, it's super cool. Because, That's amazing. Oh, we just don't know when we'll be able to go away again to, you know, record or perform. And to hang so. out in LA, like um, with, with not touring, just like, like yeah, we're making mm. a record, but we can, you know, do stuff at night. And we never really um, had that time in America before, which was fun. Yeah. Well, well, I, we better wrap wanna... it up, but... Oh, Your big I, I, LA I, story. We need to get one crazy I, LA story out of you. Oh, but uh, there's also the Liam Gallagher too. I don't know which I, one. Which, okay. Have we, we got two? Have we got stories of Liam Gallagher or LA? Right. What are, what are you? You get to pick an LA story <laughs> or an LG story. Uh, what do you want to leave us with? <laughs> you can, you, Johnny, Johnny's got this question. Oh, well, I guess like um, you went to his house and like played some new tunes. Oh, I don't talk about that. <laughs> oh, come on. I don't talk about that in the interviews, man. All right, all right. But, um, fair enough, fair but enough. Did, but, he did, but he did come to our gig, um, that Bergson Academy gig, and um, and he came down with Gene and Molly and um, and Debbie and Katie and like a bunch, you know, a bunch of his crew and, and they stayed and, and watched the show and we had drinks afterwards and just like to do that, um, that tour and stuff with them uh, and for us to like, kind of find our feet on like like playing arenas and stuff like that and and then we got to watch him play um you know play all these oasis shows at in Manchester arena <laughs> you know just like it was actually insanity you know they saved us some good seats and it was just, it was really surreal oh that's so wonderful uh well DMAs, thank you very much for joining us here yeah. on All Day Breakfast. Congratulations on getting this album out. It is called The Glow, and as you've heard here today, songs that have come up in the moment really recently and songs that have been percolating for a long time, an incredible mix of all of that. Uh, we really love it, guys. Love chatting to you as well. So cheers for dropping Thanks, by, and guys. good luck with these um, with these socially distanced shows. It should be really special. It should be fun, man. Hey, always a pleasure with you guys. See ya. Hey, Other boys. thanks again. All really appreciate it. Thanks, See ya. Cheers, chaps. Bye. That's it. The all-day breakfast kitchen is closed. Got a story we need to hear? All the links are at mattandalex.com.au.